Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host, TK. And while this will not be a full episode today, I am here to talk a little bit about some of the recent happenings in the MCU and to share a little bit of an update about what's coming next for the podcast. As always, you can follow the podcast for updates and behind the scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find a link in the show notes and on my Instagram bio to There Was an Idea merchandise. I reference the behind the scenes extras pretty much every episode in my intro. And some of the things that that includes, if you are not already following anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter, are things like me and friend Daniel wearing the There Was an Idea t-shirts that you can now purchase if you want to see what they look like. You can also see my Halloween costume from this weekend. I did go as Black Widow. If you follow me, you know that I put up a guess what my costume is going to be. And while there were a few good guesses that weren't Black Widow, it seems like most people had an inclination of of what I might be choosing to go for as Halloween. So, So I did dress as a bit of a conglomeration of some of her different suits over the years. I got a faux leather motorcycle jacket. I got a utility belt and a Black Widow pin. And I got leg holsters and a fake gun. And there's an Etsy artist, actually, who I'll link to in the show notes, who created a kit of cosplay accessories for Black Widow. It included bracelets that look like Widow Bites and a shield patch and an arrow necklace. So you can't see all of these things in the pictures that I posted of myself in costume, but I will link to that artist's site because the products were really cool. The Halloween event that I was hosting was for some close friends from work. And I don't know if this has come up on the podcast before, but my mom, Lori, who has been on the show before, she is also a teacher at the same school that I am a teacher at. So she was also invited to this party with her plus one, who is, of course, my dad, who you've also heard from on the show before. And she had texted me about not being sure what they were going to dress up as for Halloween. And I said, huh, I have an idea. And I saw that they sell t-shirts in the style of the Red Guardian suit and in the style of a Black Widow suit. And so I was like, this is great. My parents can go as my parents. And so my mom and dad did dress as Alexi, the Red Guardian, and Melina from the Black Widow movie, which was pretty great. And They got very into it as well. So they didn't just wear the t-shirts, but my dad ended up ordering a helmet and my mom got a wig. And you can see these pictures on Instagram and Twitter as well. And you can also see, and you can also see my parents' dog, Casserole, who upon thinking about it later should have gone as Yelena so that we could have completed the whole family. But I had previously bought her a little Iron Man dog hoodie looking thing. So she was technically Iron Man for, for the Halloween party. So that was a fun recent thing. I also had considered doing a spinoff episode of the podcast called Scare Was an Idea that was going to be Halloween themed. And I was going to try to make some connections between that and the MCU and or and or talk about some of my favorite horror movies, because as I've mentioned before, that's another genre that I'm really into. And I didn't get that episode off the ground. But if that's something that people would be interested in in the future, a spinoff episode called Scare Was an Idea, please let me know. And I would love to do that. So while I'm on the topic, I will talk about some other things that are coming up soon for the podcast. I'm recording this and releasing this on Monday, November 1st. On Thursday the 4th, I will be seeing Eternals for the first time. I will be seeing Eternals for the second time on Sunday the 7th. And sometime in there, I am going to release my first impressions episode on Eternals. 
And if you've been listening to the podcast for a little bit, you'll know that first impressions is when I share literally my first impressions of a new film. I did it for Black Widow and Shang-Chi right after my first or second viewing. It's not a full, it won't be a full deep dive analysis just yet, but you can look out for that first 15, 20 minute episode on Eternals sometime this weekend. I'm still sticking to a late Monday night, early Tuesday release for the next couple of weeks for my main episodes. And I'm very excited to announce that next week's main episode will feature Trey and Jude of MCU Need to Know once again. And it will be for another episode in the spirit of our MCU movie draft. Perhaps you can predict what that might be. I won't give away too many details yet, but very much looking forward to recording that with them in a couple days. And that will be available for you to listen to Monday night or on your Tuesday morning commute next week. So the evening of Monday the 15th, I will be releasing my thoughts on any of the announcements or first looks or trailers or any other behind the scenes things that we get from Disney Plus Day. Disney Plus Day will be held on November 12th. And it seems like we're in for some cool stuff related to the MCU films and shows on that day. And I will be doing a brief episode reacting to any of those announcements. And speaking of Disney Plus, the next show to come out is Hawkeye. Hawkeye will be premiering on Wednesday, November 24th. I will be putting out an episode on Monday, November 22nd, talking about the oft-mentioned Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye, oft-mentioned here on the podcast and perhaps in other places as well, as it seems to be a big inspiration for what we're going to see in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. So I'm going to share a little bit about my experiences reading that and some of the things that stood out to me from that run about his character, about Kate Bishop, and some of the things that I'm hoping to see reflected in the show. So that'll be one that I'm not sure everyone wants to listen to before the show premieres in case you want to go into the show in case you want to go into the show cold without having any knowledge of the comics. But for anyone who has read it and is looking for a, a companion piece of sorts that connects that with some thoughts on what's coming up for the show, I hope that you'll give a listen to my episode on that. I'm very much looking forward to that. And after that, we have Hawkeye premiering, the first two episodes premiering on Wednesday the 24th. So I will be working with guests as I usually do as I dig into each episode of the show. And you can also look forward to some fun Spider-Man related stuff coming up prior to December 17th when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. So there you have a little bit of a state of the podcast. I did also want to share some of my thoughts on on two things that I watched recently that connect with the MCU, and that is Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Black Widow, and Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of What If. So friends of the podcast like Trey and Jude and Daniel and other friends of mine already know that the Assembled episode on Black Widow made me very emotional and that I loved it very much as is par for the course with anything related to Black Widow this year. If you haven't seen it and don't want to hear spoilers related to the making of special, this might be the time to turn this episode off because I will be talking a little bit about that special as well as the what if one. So Assembled Black Widow starts with... So Assembled Black Widow opens up on Scarlett Johansson's camera test for Iron Man 2. And you see on the screen it says 2009 Iron Man 2 camera test. And then you see her, and of course, she's so much younger than she is now, and, and she's in her first suit, and just immediately I'm emotional because of the juxtaposition of that with seeing Scarlet and, and seeing the Black Widow film that came out this year. 
And then you hear the audio of an interviewer asking Scarlett about this character and potential breakoffs or sequels in the future. And could she see herself doing that? And you again see 2009 Scarlett talking about how cool it is that this is a female superhero who has this past and has this foundation for all different sorts of spinoffs that could be built upon in the future. And it was just so cool for them to open up on that. And John Favreau talking about just how dedicated and intelligent Scarlett Johansson was and is, and talked about the importance in films like this of having an actor who, in his words, is really a steward of their character. And that's kind of a theme that runs throughout the episode of Assembled is that how much Scarlett knows this character so well and has played such an integral role in developing her over the years. At one point, one of the interviewees, I, I I'm not sure who it was, says she is Natasha, right? She comes on set and she is Natasha. She knows this character so well. So that was really beautiful to me. And Fran Daniel, I told him that I was going to quote this on the show at some point. He and I were texting about it as well. And he said, I didn't appreciate how much of the film was driven by Scarlett Johansson as an executive producer. I'm like, how many actors get to develop a character like this and then basically produce their own character's film as a final send off? And he's so right. That's how I felt about it as well. It feels so earned for her to to have this opportunity to get in the driver's seat a bit. And I know this was already a couple of years ago and this film was delayed and because of the many delays and the lawsuit that overshadowed the film itself in many respects and COVID and streaming and this larger conversation and Scarlet and Black Widow as being perhaps forever being an, an example of a footnote in this conversation about change, the changing nature of film distribution and streaming and all of these things. What has gotten overshadowed a little bit has been how meaningful it was for after 10 years of playing this character to finally be at this place where we're seeing her solo film and seeing the actor Scarlet take such great care to ensure that this exploration of part of her past and to ensure that this send-off, as Daniel said, was as meaningful as it deserved to be. And so I thought that was very powerful and that really comes through in the Assembled special. There's a lot of other really cool things in the special as well, including some exploration of the stunt work, of the fight choreography of the Widows, the costume designer who was so cool to listen to. So I do highly recommend watching it, and I'm not going to retell the whole Assembled episode here. The only other thing that I'll take a moment to talk about how much it struck me was a quote from Victoria Alonso, who is one of the executive producers on many of these Marvel films. And she said this, it's imperative that these kids have a character that they can look up to, that on a day that they don't feel up to facing the world, they can put on a mask, they can put on a cape, and they can pretend. And if that is what gives you the strength in that moment in time, and it helps you because it empowers you, then I salute you. And if we don't do that for every kid, then we fail. And she goes on to say, one of the beautiful things about comics is comics didn't fail you. People saw themselves. So that identity that that page created, we need to continue to do in the moving image. And I just thought this was so beautiful because she's talking to these ideas of representation, which certainly is part of the conversation with the Black Widow film about seeing this female superhero. And Florence Pugh talks about this quite a bit in the Assembled special as well, about how much we're seeing now more women in general at the center of different types of storytelling, but specifically within the superhero world, much more than they had been in the past. And then giving Scarlett the credit of like, 
she's been doing this for a lot of years and she was the face of it and at the forefront of it for so long when other women weren't yet. So she will always hold a special place because of that. And now you have people like Florence Pugh who are part of this much larger group now. But when she said that Victoria Alonso was speaking to representation, yes, but she was also speaking to the power of these stories. And I spoke about this with Daniel on our quote snooty academic episode, just how much these stories resonate with us because they are human stories. And I love how she is talking about about how she's talking about how kids look up to these heroes, but it also resonates for adults as well, right? Sometimes you don't feel up to facing the world. And that idea of that mask and that cape and that pretending and finding strength is really so beautiful. And comics didn't fail you. People saw themselves. What a, what a beautiful sentiment. And she says that identity the page created, we need to do that in the moving image. And that speaks to not just this idea of this one aspect translating from comics to film, but more largely, I've been thinking about that, about how we're seeing in the MCU a translation of a language, a type of storytelling and and the building of worlds that that comes from the comics world. I'm just so in awe of of how that of how those ideas play out in motion pictures. And speaking of comics and storytelling and and different types of projection, the assembled special on What If was also really delightful. I've been unafraid to share that What If was not my favorite thing in the MCU, but there were aspects of it that I very much enjoyed, and I very much enjoyed getting a behind the scenes look. This one opens up with Jeffrey Wright's voice narrating as the Watcher, and it starts off and you're looking at the animation of the Watcher, and then it pans to Jeffrey Wright in the sound booth, which was cool to see. One of the things that struck me as a through line of the assembled episode on What If was this idea of the core of the characters, really digging into who these characters are, really thinking about What If as a character-driven piece, each episode of What If as being an exploration of a different character or characters. Brad Winnenbaum, one of the executive producers, talks about how A.C. Bradley, the head writer, was chosen because she was someone they thought could find the core of the character. And to hear her talk about how she was really looking for the heart of who that character is as the thing that stays the same universe to universe was, was very cool. And they also talked in the special about how when they were doing the animation, they were really looking to match the character likeness as opposed to the actor likeness. And once again, they were really exploring who is this character. And I think that's such an interesting question. I talked about this a bit with Dr. Kristen Donnelly on our episode in which we talked about Marvel fandom and we talked about what if this idea that these characters have taken on a life of their own. There's the comic versions of the characters. And even within that, there are many different versions of the same character across comics and different universes or written by different or manifested onto the page by different creative people. There's the version of the characters that we see in the movies. And there's the version that lives in many fans' heads. And Jeffrey Wright actually says this in the special, which I thought was so cool. He says that Marvel fans have stories in their heads and that what if is a cool way to explore some of these different ideas that are out there. And one of the other things that struck me is that I believe it was Brad Winnenbaum was talking about reading the what if comics himself as a kid and finding that he actually thought that there was a lower barrier to entry in the what if comics because he could get to know a character 
decontextualized from their original universe. I'm not quoting his words exactly here. I'm kind of summarizing my impression of what he said. But he was talking about how the What If comics kind of made the characters new in a way, and it made it less daunting to have to dig into volumes upon volumes of figuring out who this character is. Instead, you can meet them in this what-if world, and that could be a, a jumping-off point into exploring other aspects of that character in different arcs. And so I thought that that was really interesting because I had talked with some of my guests about that idea of barriers to entry and things like this. We've been talking a lot about it with the MCU and, and general audiences, And the What If series, in many ways, did presuppose a knowledge of the backstory. If you go into the first Captain Carter episode and you haven't seen Captain America First Avenger, how are you going to feel about it? But to Windenbaum's point, I do wonder if if somebody were to tune into that, they could be like, oh, this is a really cool story. I want to find out more about Steve Rogers in other worlds, or I want to find out more about Peggy Carter in other worlds. And maybe that could be that jumping off point for them. So I thought that that was interesting that that was part of the conceptualization of of what if to begin with and then the other thing that really struck me and i don't have the person's name written down i don't know if it was brad windenbaum or brian andrews or if it was somebody else involved in the production of what if but they were talking about how the mcu was all about building this house of cards right you have this intricately connected world and then he said that what if is like taking a bat to it and destroying it and seeing what's left and I thought that was a very cool metaphor to to imagine this idea of breaking what we've come to know in the MCU down into these component pieces of like, here's this character over here and here's this character over there. And as AC Bradley talks about, in any world, there's going to be things that T'Challa is. There are going to be aspects of Tony Stark, Stark that are Tony Stark. So... It was very interesting. And of course, there's some more of the technical stuff too about the animation. If you're interested in learning more about that, I think it's definitely worth a watch. So those are some of my thoughts on Marvel Studios Assembled, Black Widow, and What If. That's a little bit of an update about what's coming soon for the podcast. And as always, thank you for tuning in. You could follow me on Instagram and Twitter at anidea underscore podcast. And since this is just a bonus episode, you can check out the show notes for the other credits and for links to merchandise and things like this. And as always, thank you for listening.